you know what? God has got a vision for your life. He wants you to dream. And it's a dream that doesn't create dinosaurs, hopefully. It's a dream that impacts people. But it can exist, and it will exist, but you have to see it before you, you walk into it. And that's the way this faith journey works. We're designed as human beings to walk by faith. There's no other bones about it. There's no other way uh, to do it. In order for you to get up and see yourself uh, in, in a job, you've got to think about it, then you've got to go walk into it. The way for you to get from A to B in the car, you've got to think about it, but then you've got to go do it. And so, and as people, our way of life is built upon the foundations of faith, and God has designed us that way. We do it whether we believe in God or not. We walk by faith and not by sight, or we would always exist in the past, and, and we would never move into the future. And so here we have this guy, John, and, and he has dreamed up, and, and, and one of the first things he done, the, the, the design of the park of all the dinosaurs and all these, uh, all, all these wonderful things that he, he was able to create and nearly manipulate by, by biological manipulation or whatever he'd done to recreate the past. What, what, this purpose wasn't just to do it for himself. His purpose was actually to do it to bring other people to it, to enjoy the experience to enjoy and be wowed at all that has been done. Because people are attracted to that. People are attracted to seeing awesomeness, to seeing things which blow our minds. And listen, God knows that. God knows that you're attracted to seeing things happen that, that you couldn't do by yourself. And so that's why he's put it in you to have visions that go beyond your own ability, to have visions and dreams that go beyond your own capacity. God knows that. It's in, it's in us as creatures, as beings, to, to, to believe in, in, in. We just talked about last week about hidden treasures. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived the things that God has in, in store for you. We're drawn to the, to the unthinkable. We're drawn to the, the miracles. We're drawn to, to things that we can't control or create by ourselves. And so God has put the dreams inside of us. But it's about people. It's not for us, it's for people. And I'm telling you, if, if we can get some people to actually step in to that hidden treasure that God's put inside, if you start to believe that you have actually been called not just to watch the game, not just to watch life go by, but to actually get in on the field. God hasn't called you just to attend church. God hasn't called you just to, to be around nice people. God, that's good. But God has called you to so much more than just watching everybody else do their thing. God has put hidden treasure in each and every person in this room. And the question is, do you want to see it come into life? Do you want to see God use you to do something outside of yourself, or do you just want to play it safe? Life is it's, it's here and gone. At the click of your fingers, it's here and gone. In a moment, it's, it's, it's but a vapor. So what are we going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, actually? And so, you know, the question I always ask, well, well and I, I want to talk to you about tonight, is about the power of the invitation. The power of the invitation, the power of the invite. What would, does God invite us to do anything? Is God actually interested you see, this man, John Hammond, he invited these people to come along and see what he had created. 
He was passionate about it. He was excited about it. It wasn't something they had to think twice about. He was enthusiastic about it, and, 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 and that's why people were drawn and they were curious to, to get in a helicopter, as you've seen, and travel across the earth to see what he had done. They knew that there was something inside of him. There's a sparkle in his eye that caused those people to come on board with the mission, to come on board with what he was doing. You see, the, the church was always supposed to be a place where, where there's an allness about it. The, the church is not the building, it's the people. And when you get into a community where there's full of faith, full of life, full of hope, what happens is there's allness, there, there's wow, there's, this is amazing, I can't believe what God is doing in, in, in and through each and every person. I can't believe the ministry that's happened outside of the church. I can't believe how that, pe that person's been able to go through that hardship. I can't believe they came out better and not worse. I can't believe they still have got hope. I can't believe they're still serving others even though they've had such a hard time. I can't believe that person got healed. I can't believe. It, it's it's mind-blowing. And that what happened when Jesus came to earth? Exactly that. People were drawn to Jesus because things were happening which were mind-blowing. How did you do how are these people, this man, the way he teaches, this man, the way he loves people, he's loving the, un the unlovable, he's loving the criminals, he's, what, what is it, this is amazing. We wouldn't have taken the risk to do that ourselves, we wouldn't have the faith to see beyond the eye. And so you know, we think about society today and we think about what's going on in the westernized world where we live and and, you know, sociologists, political leaders, psychologists, psychiatric doctors are all in a place where they agree that there's a problem. There's a problem that they can't solve. It goes deeper. No drug can fix it. No healthcare system, no strategy. Is, it, it, they, they don't have enough. There's got to be more. You even think about the moral dilemma we're in right now, an identity crisis where people don't know, they're actually, they don't, it's got so confusing, people don't know whether they're male or female. I just went there. Like, seriously? Is that really an issue? How have we got so, how, I, I can't even explain it. How have we, we put so much of our energy and thoughts into feelings that, that, that who we are is defined by how I feel today. And then the next day I feel different, so I'm somebody else. And then all of a sudden there, there's a, a, a thousand different genders and we're just, it's, just a, it's just raw confusion. <laughs> Where does it end? It started simple and ended confusing. Why? Because man got in the way. Man tried to do things his own way. It begins to do things his own way. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. So how about we have a church where we get back to basics. We take God at his word. We believe what the Bible says. We don't try to taint it because it doesn't feel nice and it doesn't feel comfortable. We just believe him at his word. And listen, if we believe him at his word, then he will be faithful to his word. And we will see the miracles. We will see God do things that we can't do because he is our creator God, and we are the created. Lord, have mercy. Like, I'll be honest, there's things in the Bible I don't like. My emotions don't like. I don't understand it. Why would you do that, God? If I was God, I'm not sure I would do that, but you know what? I don't see the whole picture. 
I'm not in the helicopter. I'm not, I don't have that view. I'm the, I, my posture is God. You're God, and I'm, you, you made me. I don't have the right to talk about that stuff. I don't know how the human body works. Doctors don't know. They just know a few processes here and there, and it's still confusing. And so, and so what is going on is, is, is that within the world, people are trying to fix themselves. They're trying to do things their own way. The, the, the world is becoming individualistic. We're, we're with the internet and Instagram and Facebook, we're, we're more known than ever, but we're also more lonely than ever. People are going, running around, racing around, trying to get likes. It's all good. I understand. I, I, I get fired up when we get a few likes to the church. <laughs> But only because it looks good on the Instagram doesn't mean it is good. If we put too much energy into Instagram and Facebook, you know what can happen? We can, we can, we can put more energy into trying to look good and when really we neglect the reality, is the community actually good? Do we actually know each other beyond the surface? Are we just trying to be modern, but we're actually just as fit? We're just like every, every, everywhere else or the world. That's what conforming to the world looks like. And so I want to talk to you about real intimacy today, about the invite. Why, why should we invite? Well, well, number one, people are attracted to real community. People are attracted to real community. So go ahead and we'll play the second clip. <laughs> He's blown away. He said, can you believe it? Oh my word, it's a dinosaur. Oh my word, these people love each other. Oh my word, this, this church is alive. Oh my word, God is doing what he said he would. Oh my word, when I get into God's presence, I feel peace. I don't have to run around trying to be someone that I'm not. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. But how often do we just go through the routine? Hi, I'm so nice today. God is good. Isn't oh. Glory to God. How often do we just, we have this front, we have this picture, we post it on the stage of life, we go to school, we go to university, we go into work, and we never talk about ever having problems because we're perfect, and like, I don't want to show you my weakness because you're not going to think, you're going to disrespect, you're not going to think as much of me, and I get some of that, we don't want to go around earn all of our problems all the time. Absolutely, but we got to have some space. we got to have a place where we can actually be who we are. And that's why our, our dream for a church is that we can have a church where, listen, we're not going to wait until you're ready before we begin to accept you. We're not going to wait until you've got it all together because the church is supposed to be not for, for, for the people who have got it all together. It's meant to be for the hurting. It's meant to be for the broken and so if, they, if the broken have to come in here and fix that they're not broken, who gets healed? <laughs> the, the healed don't need a doctor, the sick do. But if we create an environment when people come in and they've got to look a certain way, they've got to dress a certain way, they've got to speak a certain way, and if, sometimes that's felt more than it's said. What, what if we create that kind of culture, what happens is you can't bring your friends who are unbelievers. You can't bring your lost friends to be found or your sick friends to be healed. Because you know, deep down, if you bring them here, they're not going to fit in. They're not going to fit in. 
You know, Jesus said, come to me, in Matthew 11, Jesus said, come to me all who, who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Jesus is, one of Jesus' first invites was to rest. You, you know why that was? Because it wasn't about your performance. Stop trying to impress people. Stop trying to work life out. Can you just stop for a second? Come and rest. You're heavy trying to get your likes. You're heavy. You're depressed because you only got 50 likes instead of 60 this week. You're depressed. You're feeling weight because you went to work and not as many people smiled at you as they used to. You went to church. You're, you're heavy. Come and rest. If we could create an environment that allows people to rest, even when they know that they've got shame and they've got sin in their life, what if we were able to allow those people to rest, not to encourage them to sin, but to say, listen, God, has, Jesus died for you while you were sinners. Rest. It wasn't about you. It's not about how good you are. It's not about how perfect you are. He died for you while you were a sinner, while you were messed up, while you were broken. Now, he doesn't want to leave you there. But if this is the first step, there may be, I, I remember, I used to love this. I had a friend, and I brought him to church, and he had no church background at all. And he would come out the day after, and we'd be at the gym, and, and this is a few years back, and he'd be like, that was bleepity bleeping great. Bleeping amazing. What was he bleeping meaning when he talked about that? And you know what? He was being genuine. He wasn't doing it to be anything. It was just his way of talking. And I'm not saying that we should have bad language, but I'm saying, listen, he hadn't read that verse yet. He hadn't read that verse yet. And if I had a God on my high horse and said, oh, please don't talk back around me. Well, what's that doing for a relationship? Can he rest? Is he allowed to gradually grow in Christ? Or am I going to give him the grace to allow him to grow step by step and allow him to discover Christ for himself and not discover rules and not discover standards and not discover... Do you hear me? Do you hear what I'm saying? And so it's so... We've got to be so careful as the church that we don't bring people in and put a burden on them that they can't carry. If it's just a little snuff of hope if it's just a little, uh, a, a little sparkle and, and we come and blow it, it goes out. We've got to let the fire grow, see it for where it's at. And so Jesus was always about, hey, come on, I'll give you rest <laughs> in whatever area that is in your life. See, in real community, there's rest. When you understand people beyond the heart, beyond the surface, you see, when we think of what people say and what people look like from the outside, that's judgment from the outside. But Jesus always looks to the heart. And when, when you go beyond the surface and beyond the information, what it looks like on the outside, God's more interested about intimacy than he is about information. You can talk all day and not connect to anyone's heart at all. You can come to church, park your car up, Walk in, walk out, get information, and never change. And unfortunately, there's a lot, of that, a lot of people fall into that. You just go to church, leave church, nothing changes. Go to church, leave church, nothing changes. But God is good. And so, so that is not what Jesus called us to. 
It's not something forced. It's something organic. But it starts with intimacy over information. Number two, true community is countercultural. True community is countercultural. You know, I, I started having a, a group. One thing we do here is we, we want people to know God. We also want people to find freedom. We believe that freedom is found in groups beneath the surface. Groups that are, you don't just go through the motions in church, but you get in a group and get some conversations, build some trust with some people. And so I, I started having a group um, this, this season that we're, we're doing. I've, I've had one called Starting Point. And it's just been such a blessing to me. And, and as I've seen people who have maybe been far from God or, or, or went through hard situations in their life come to know God, <clears throat> But not just come to know God, but come to know people. And as they've come to know people, what's happened is it's opened up the door of their heart to allow the gifts and the hidden treasures of the people in that small community to encourage one another, to pastor one another, to exhort one another. And and, and what begins to happen is the church becomes the church. It's not just communication, it's community. It's not just information, it's intimacy. That's the way God has called us to operate. That's how we operate the best. That's how we keep our heart and we guard our heart, but we also keep our heart soft because the world will beat you up. The world will put you through hardship. Situations will, and circumstances won't work out how you expect it. People will let you down. Has anyone realized that yet? People will hurt you. <laughs> they're going to hurt, they're out to get you but they will. And sometimes it's not their own, it's not their intention to do it. It's because they're sinners like you and me. You will hurt people. We don't like that part of it though. It's all about them. They shouldn't have done this. And so it's so important that we go beneath the surface. It's so important that we get into genuine community. It's so important we have someone to share with. It's so important that, that we go before God and we, and we get a, a hidden place. It's so important that we, we allow Him, uh, we, we speak the truth over ourselves, that God has loved us, He has accepted us. Before I, I, I'm perfect, God still loves me. God, God has paid for my sin past, present, and future. That sets me free of weight. The problem is you stop believing that. And you've got to remind yourself every day. Because you'll stop believing and you start to feel the weight again. You start to lose hope again. You start to lose faith again. And so that's why we've got to spend time meditating on the word day and night. Because you forget. Faith leaks. <laughs> I wish it was a one-hit wonder. And you could just believe once. And it would be okay. But unfortunately, unfortunately faith leaks. So you've got to keep refilling the tank. Refill the tank. You stop believing, you get discouraged. Refill the tank. Get perspective again. Renew your mind again. And so we'll go on to um, the final clip, clip three. <laughs> Give it up for a T-Rex. Flew in straight from Jurassic Park itself. We've tamed that T-Rex. It took us a few years, but we've tamed it. So if you want to get a few pictures afterwards, should be available there. Um, so, uh, and if there's any misbehavior, let us know, and we'll um, give an all-electric shock. <laughs> I'm only kidding, by the way. We're not into cruelty to animals. Don't be writing a blog. Um, 
says in Mark, Mark 1 and 17, Jesus said, oh, sorry, I need to follow the rest of the clip here. This threw me off. T-Rex threw me off. Just finish the rest of that clip. You see what he said? They do, they do move in herds. And then he's like, how do we find out? Come, I'll show you. Come with me, I'll show you. They do move in herds. It says in, in Mark 1 and 17, Jesus said to them, follow me, come with me. I will make you fishers of men. Come with me, I'll show you. Come with me. I've got what you need. Come with me. I know the answer. Come with me. I've got great plans. And it goes on to say in, in Hebrews 10 and 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Come with me. You see, God's intention for man and for humans was always, hey, come with me. I've got a plan. Come with me. You're not supposed to be alone. Come with me. Get in a group. Come with me. Get in a family. Come with me. When you, when you receive salvation, you, you receive a new life. But you don't just receive a new life by itself. You receive a new family along with it. That's what the church was supposed to be. The church was always supposed to be family. Not just a service. Not just a, a surface. Not just information. But intimacy where we, we mourn with one another, but we also rejoice in the good times. That we go through the valleys and we get to the mountaintops and we just travel through life, through the hardships. We, 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 we glean off one another, the, the, the more wise, the people with wisdom, they, they, we glean off those and the young people give us energy. Have you, ever seen a, have you ever seen it when a grandchild comes into a family? The amount of energy. All of a sudden the ex go away. All of a sudden, our focus gets off ourselves. All of a sudden, we begin to celebrate together. The focus is on the next generation. It's not even something that's forced. It's organic. It's natural. That's God's intention. God created that. And the church should always operate the same way, where we have every genera generation represented, encouraging one another. And it's, it, honestly, it's not a, it shouldn't really be a forced thing. It's, it's, a lot of the time, it's organic. It, it, it just happens. That's why we're all about, listen, we're not, when we talk about giving, we get to give. You don't have to. When you fall in love with God in His house, it's a get to. We get to serve. It's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. It's a posture. We get, we get to invite people to church. When you're convinced, other people will be convinced. There's no point in me saying, hey, and go invite your friends until you get convinced yourself until you learn to spend time with God, until you, you begin to walk in what God's called you to do, you're not convinced. Nobody's coming with you. It's not a force feed. But God's way has always been to grow His children. Not just to grow a church. He's, we're here to grow children. We're here to grow family we're here for people to move forward in their own personal lives. We're not here just to go through the motions and do club. Just go through like a country club or just a club that you participate in. We're here to do life together. And if you don't do that, you won't experience all that God had in store. And number three, community begins with an invitation. Community begins with an invitation. See, in an individualistic world, let's, let's look at 
this man, uh, Zacchaeus, Jesus was walking around a few towns, uh, and he came to a, a crowd, and a crowd had followed him. He wasn't chasing the crowd. He wasn't chasing likes. He was just doing who he was. He was just being himself, and he was a pleaser of God and not of man. And so he appears here in, in, in this town, and all of a sudden the crowds are after him, and everyone's there for different reasons. And and some are after his power, and some are just impressed with what he's doing, and some just heard they're doing that the movie series, so they want to see what's happening, and there's popcorn, and, and some are, 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 are there. And there was this one man who was probably there out of selfish motive. He, he was an individualistic type person. He, he was known as a tax collector, and he was known as someone who, who cheated people. He wasn't liked, but, but, but he wanted the fame, he wanted the money, he wanted the possession, and, and that was his God, and, and, and and so what do we do with that? A person like that comes into church, it's very tempting to just say, stop. Stop doing that. That's not right. God wouldn't be happy. I don't want to be around you. You're, you're not a nice person. But how funny was it that Jesus actually decided to go to that person? He decided to go and pick that person out. And let's just go ahead and read on and see what happens in, in, in Luke 19. It says, when Jesus spotted or Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, everybody says Zacchaeus, come down immediately. See, Jesus is bold. He didn't give him a choice. He's like, come down immediately, come on. I'm sure of what I'm telling you. I'm sure of the plans I've got. I'm sure of what God can do. I've got great faith right now. God's saying to you right now in your situation, listen, I know you're holding tight. I know you're trying to work it out. I know you've got your fists, your, your, your fists clenched and you want to work it out and you want to fight your own way through life and you want to do it on your own strength and you're, you're weighed down and you feel the weight of it and you don't know any other way. God, and, and God's saying, God's saying, come with me. Open your hands. I've got something to give you, but I can't give it to you with your fists like that. I can't get anything into your hand until you open it. Come with me. I, I want to share some things with me. Just come. Some people need to come to church, not because they understand everything, not because they, they, they have it all figured out. We just need to get some people to church just, be, just to get them in the environment where there's worship. Just get them in the environment where people are friendly. Just get them in an environment where it's not self-centered, individualistic type culture. It's a culture that's, that, that's based upon the mall that Jesus said, I, I, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. I didn't come to get likes, but to like. I didn't come to fake life, but to actually live it for real. I didn't come just to, to go through life trying to please man. I came to please God. And when I, when I please God, when I get my, 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 my identity in Him, I know who I am. I'm not confused. I'm not changing my mind about where I should be or who I am or what I should be doing or what, what gender I am. I'm not, I'm not dealing with that stuff because it's simple. It, it's basic. I do my life God's way. I can get on with who I am. I don't have to be all confused all the time. God is not the author of confusion. Can I get an amen? Come on, who, who knows that the next generation needs to know who they are? Because the world is sending all kinds of messages. They have access to it. And listen, if the church isn't loud about it, the world will be. The magazines will be. The, Facebooks, the Facebook posts will be. And parents can only do so much because this is what I know. You fight fire with fire. Look at California. Fire has been ruining the whole place. But do you know how to stop the fire? They create a fire. They, they, they create a fire line that breaks the surface 
of how the, how, how the fire can move forward. We fight fire with fire. Jesus came with the fire of the Holy Spirit to fight the fire of lust, to fight the fire of pride, to fight the fire that, that consumes. Jesus is an all-consuming fire. You know what that means? That nothing, nothing can match it. But we've got to give it space first. We've got to get people into the environments first. It's a counterculture. The church is always supposed to be countercultural. Why? Because it's what people really want. People are attracted to the, the people should be, the most attractive place on the earth should be the church. But it only happens when we get some people who are willing to get into a, a quiet place before the king of kings. It only happens when people are willing to, get, to put, put the church as a priority in their life. It only happens when we get into community where, where real, true community, where there's true intimacy. It's not a fake, it's not a go in and out type of intimacy. It's true, it's real, it's not weird. It's when you get sick or when stuff happens, there's somebody there for you. It's when you're feeling discouraged in the face, someone's got a message to give you and of encouragement. It's there to help. God's way is always best. So is the band coming ahead on up? Hopefully. I just want to share a few, a few last things with you. And so, you know, God has called us to follow him, just as he did. I must stay. And so this is what happened. He says, I must stay at your house today. Like God is, Jesus is bold. I'm going to your house. John, I'm staying at yours tonight. Get the bed made. I want breakfast in bed. I'm only kidding. Um, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. But if you go on within that scripture, you know what actually happened? This man who was obsessed with money, he was obsessed with, with, with stealing, he, he was obsessed. A lot of, uh, what would he do if he came to a lot of our churches? Would we look down upon him? Would we even acknowledge him? Not if, if we have this information type environment, not if we have an environment that's based upon the looks and what it looks like on the outside, not if we have a, an environment that looks more like the world than it does the church. But if we have a countercultural environment that accepts people before they behave, before they believe, then we start to represent Jesus. And you, and you know what begins to happen? Life change. People begin to get saved. People begin to see the love, receive the rest, receive the freedom. And what happened with Zacchaeus was, for whatever reason, for whatever happened, Jesus went instead of this house. And afterwards... After real community, after real intimacy happened, he decided to give back all of his money that he had taken on rightfully. Oh my word. He decided to do what was right. But it wasn't the human way. It wasn't straight away. It wasn't the way that we would like it where we'd have to sit in, in the awkward moment of, is he going to do it, is he not? Maybe Jesus just focused on loving him, giving him grace and truth. And the Holy Spirit began to convict him because you know what? He felt something that the culture wasn't giving him. He, for the first time, he felt accepted. That was all he truly wanted. That was all. The money was just a substitute for love. The money was just a substitute for acceptance. And all of a sudden, when he experienced the acceptance that Jesus died for, it changed him. Upside down. 
inside out. He first belonged, he then believed, and then his behavior changed as he began to repent and act upon his change of heart. Well, what if we had a church that didn't just believe that, but lived it out? I'm telling you, we're going to see God do many, many, many great things. And the fire of faith in your life will only get greater, bigger, better, stronger. But it's God's way. Man looks to the outward, and God looks to the heart. And so here's a practical example. So often when we invite people to church, one, we probably invite people we know that are already in church. Nothing wrong with that. But come on, we need a church that's looking to reach the lost. We need a church that's, that's willing to be bold enough like Jesus was. Come here, come on. But the, the first thing he wanted to do wasn't bring them to a big gathering. He went and sat with them in his house. He went and spent time with them alone, intimacy. He went and heard out his heart. It wasn't just about ticking a box and getting someone to church. I'm a good Christian now, no. And see, here's the problem when you're inviting people this Christmas to church. Here's the problem. When you invite people to church that you go to, that you're comfortable with, it's easy for you. You know the people. You know the drill. You know there's three songs. Then there's a message. Then there's an invitation time. Da-da-da. Welcome first-timers. Ah, woo! There's coffee afterwards. Sometimes there's dinosaurs. <laughs> but you know the drill. It's easy for you. It's hard for them. Come on, if we're going to step into the darkness, if we're going to step into into the gap for people, if we're going to see people come to know Jesus, it might look a wee bit different. It might look a wee bit countercultural. It might look a wee bit more uncomfortable. You see, if you invite someone to your house and you've got to clean the house, you've got to make some dinner, you've got to make some coffee, you've got to get, oh my goodness. That's effort. It is. I have to do that for my group every other week. There's times I don't want to do it. But I tell you what, you see at the latter side, when you begin to hear stories of life change, of people's hearts being changed, people coming to know Jesus, people saying, hey, I'm, I'm starting to get off some, some, some supplements and some drugs that I've been on to try and help me stay above the water. Oh, you see, when you begin to hear that, oh, my future self is thanking my past self because, because I've just, I've given God space to move in someone's life and that's why I live. I live to make a difference in other people's lives. That's my mission that's your mission. God has called you to it. I'm telling you, I'm more fired up to get to Sunday to see God do more. So, so what if we began to, hey, maybe I'm not just going to invite someone to church. Hey, do you want to hang out? Let's talk. How you doing? How's life? And I mightn't have all the answers, but can, can I pray for you? Oh, by the way, I go to a church down the road. We're having a carol service this year. A lot of fun. There's, you know, people are nice, and for the most part, it's always the odd one. You know, church is messy. We're not like everyone. It's okay. I'm cool with that. You mightn't like me. It's you're like Phil. You're the one we don't like. <laughs> but it's okay. Life's messy. It's real. But God loves us. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. And come on, we want to see God do some great things. He's already doing it but there's more as we activate people. And so 
As we go to prayer, I want to go ahead and ask you to, to stand to your feet. You know, I always want to give people an opportunity to respond to the message of, of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus is our message. He came to give us rest. He came to give us hope. And maybe you're in here and you're saying, Phil, I need to, I need, I need to, to recommit my life. I need to come back home. I've been far away. I've lost hope. I've just been doing the surface thing for too long. I need to come back to an intimate place with my Father who loves me in heaven. Or maybe you're saying, Phil, I've never done this before. I need to just commit to Christ right now. I've, I've never known why I exist. I've never known why I'm here. Well, I'm here to tell you Jesus died for you to set you free. So the very head bowed and eye closed. This is intimacy. This is intimate. This is between you and God. I'd love to pray for you. With every head bowed and eye closed, church, let's just say a prayer out loud together.